Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This is an outtake episode uh, on Hobby Hotline with John Newman, Rich Klein. There's always a live uh, dynamic show with call-ins and all that. But we got talking about corporate presence at card shows mainly, but also maybe popping in on stores and things like that, what the card companies could do. And uh, I think, as usual, I have a different perspective from having a little corporate background. I just wanted to give some back and forth about that. It's not a simple matter. And so I think we raised some issues, always trying to have sports card insights. But sometimes there's sports card industry or hobby insights. And so I hope you enjoy my discussion with John and Rich. I, I certainly did. Thanks, sponsors. Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsi.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So enjoy these outtakes and check out Hobby Hotline at 10 o'clock Central. <laughs> I guess that's where I do it every Saturday. So thanks, everybody. Here it is. About corporate presence at these bigger shows. Obviously, the national, everybody's there. But we're seeing more of it. And right there on the front lines and with the Dallas card shows, we're seeing more of a corporate presence every time. Even at some of the other bigger ones, I guess it's easy for me to play armchair tops or armchair Beckett or armchair whoever and just send a couple reps, get a table or two or three or whatever you deem you need and be there to be out there, get your brand out there. No one's not knowing about tops because they're not in Chantilly, Virginia, let's say. But why not be at all these shows to me? I know Richie said there's more to it. And I'm sure Jim, who's always very cognizant of employees, you can't send people every weekend to every show. We would send analysts, but we had 10, 15 analysts. So if you sent one analyst a month to a show, that was not unreasonable for anybody for us to do our job. But could you imagine if you you know, had a smaller staff and you were sending a price guide analyst every weekend to a show? There's the wear and tear on the body and never having much of a life of any sort because you're always on the road. And plus, does your effectiveness stay the same? If you're going to every show, the BGS from the nature of what they do is different than when I was a price guide person. When I was a price guide person and I started in the early 90s, almost every dealer used Beckett anyway. So there wasn't really a need to set up tables, maybe at the National, maybe one or two other shows, maybe like the Expo in Toronto. But there wasn't a need to set up a Beckett table in all these places. Before the slam stock can be at every show, the bigger entities can. It's part of marketing. Risk. If you're an employee, maybe you don't want to be traveling every weekend, but especially on a bigger company, maybe you can have a rotation or even ask for volunteers. Who wants to go to Virginia this day? Who wants to go to whatever city in this day? And if you get volunteers, that kind of takes care of itself. If you don't, then maybe you have to say, all right, here's the, the, the schedule. I need you two, you three here the following week or two weeks after that. It's easy for me uh, sitting here in Syracuse, New York to play armchair corporate guy but as a current employee of a corporate yeah i will tell you we, we set up at the last dallas card show we exceeded our eventual manager andy jones expectations by quite a bit but if we set up at com c at every show eventually we'd hit the law of diminishing returns if you see the same audience once or twice a year that's a lot different than seeing the audience five or six times a year. It depends on what type of marketing and what type of product you do. If BGS wanted to be at every Dallas card show, they could be. It's local. And there'll always be people bringing them in cards. But not for every corporate. What would be the effect of having Tops do more regional shows? Does it generate more business? Given you get your presence out there, smaller shows don't make sense. Okay, let me try to give you a corporate perspective because I, I had to make <laughs> decisions like that. 
been a long time. But the first point is it's more expensive than you think. Even if you got free space or a free booth or you're walking or travel is more expensive. It was then, it is now. It's a hassle, but it's more expensive in dollars than just, hey, why don't they just send three people or get a booth? It's It's more expensive than you think. Secondly, I don't think the major brands in the hobby get any benefit of visibility. I think that's not a compelling argument. Starstock, yeah. I mean, they card score, yeah. If they're there, people say, oh, let me find out about that. But Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, I don't think they get a visibility bump for being there. It's nice, okay? Then my last point is that by being there, it can actually be a negative for those companies. Because by being there, there's an expectation that they're there and they're going to listen. We really had mainly one employee that wanted to go to shows to be a punching bag. <laughs> and I've already done a tribute to her as Louise. Rich had multi-purpose, but Louise, almost her whole job was to go and receive gripes from dealers. And she diffused them as Rich did too. Dave Slipka did some of that as well. The people in our company that knew our sincerity, what we were trying to do, would listen to the criticism and then respond. But if it's one of these other companies we're talking about, by being there, you're increasing the expectation that you're going to tell Panini, Upper Deck, whatever, PSA, BGS, whatever. You're going to tell them what they're doing wrong, and then you're going to expect them to do something about it, to, to kick it up the chain of command. And in many cases, they're not. And so going to the show and acting like you're going to listen and hear these uh, suggestions, let's call them, that actually can do more harm than good. So I think Tops keeps their distance. They choose when to go, Com C, like Rich said, even if they were going to do it, there's a diminishing returns. So I'm glad Com C was there. I'm glad all these other uh, corporate entities at the national, I probably agree that they should do, a, they should expand a little bit more. But like I said, it's more expensive. And the visibility is not something they pay for. By the way, to expand on one of Jim's points, our mutual teammate, our manager of the Price Guide Division at the time, Pepper Hastings, would say, and since it's 30 years later, I'll say the number, we spent $92,000 one year sending the analysts to walk around the show. We weren't even set up corporately. Some of my teammates, Dave Slipka, who he mentioned, if he was in Chicago or Grant, that in the LA area or me up in New Jersey or Mike Hirsch in Philly or Theo, we had places to stay for free. So hotels actually cost more many times than the plane flights did. And we could have easily been past 100000 a year in terms of budget just to gather prices. But it was better to be out there to talk to people. That's, that was the purpose of it. And, what, and the visibility was relevant to the fact that, like you said, Rich, that we were out there. And so that was part of the way we saw demonstrating that we were verifying what was being sold and not just taking everybody's word for it. But for the card companies, it's a different proposition. They're going to sell what they're going to sell. Yeah. Something about complaints. Clay Lorasky used to tell me when he was at Tops, Rich, I listen to your complaints because you usually explain what it is. You explain why you're complaining when I would write a box review. And I'd explain what I think the solution would be. He said, we pay attention to what you were saying because you've been doing this long enough and you're saying, Hey, I want tops to be better, and here's how I want them to be better. Yeah, but Clay's at the show, and he used to work for Fleer before that. You're the only guy that's going to talk to Clay civilly and, and constructively. The other 99 people that are in line to talk to him are probably going to be not as courteous as you are and as specific and is tuned into the hobby. So he can do that over the phone with you or in some other way than showing up at a show with a bulletproof. Except for the national. That, that, that he would expect yeah. all of us to be there. Yeah. <laughs>
Now, I'll give a little plug to a guy that's actually now part of this show, Chris Carlin from Upper Deck. But they announced last year at the National Chicago Upper Deck's not going to be there with a booth. And But it was nice. Chris came out. He took the main stage. They made some product and, and release announcements. He walked around the show. He was given a shirt. Even at the, the Toronto Expo, they have some volunteers there representing Upper Deck. So there is some sort of presence. I don't think any twisting arms of, hey, you've got to go to this show and talking somebody into it. They wanted to go in almost every case. They regarded it as a perk. Some of them built up some pretty good airline mileage and, and hotel points. And the card companies, it may be different. They may have to go around looking, hey, does anybody want to go to this show? And maybe say, no, I don't want to go to that show. Again, we had the opposite. People were excited to go to the show. They were hobbyists. And my plus guess we were, is... Plus, we were mostly single at the time. And a lot of them were single at the time. <laughs> does Leaf have a presence at corporate show? Ryan Gray goes to a lot of things. It may be just him at a table with a banner or, or, or a table cover, but I count that. He's Leaf and he's there and at the table. Does a lot of buying. Matter of fact, sometimes I've seen him with product and other times it's just him with a little sign out next to the Leaf sign saying buying cards and people line up and show them their wares. But he's at a majority of these events, even if it's just him there under the banner of, of Leaf. So uh, that's good to see. I, I know I'm giving the Chris Carlin model, if you will, at least during the pandemic age that we're in. I also want to say that he talked about Panini and both Dr. Jim and I can verify that since many of the Panini members are our old Beckett teammates, we see them quietly walking around the Dallas card show. They're there. Yeah. They don't publicize they're there, but they're there. And they're finding out what's going on with boots on the ground. I'm realizing that in our company, in Beckett Publications back in the day, in some sense, I was not the face of the company, but that Rich was and Louise and Pepper and other people that were out and about that were more aggressively doing that, whereas Brian Gray is the face of Leaf. Now, who's the face of Panini? Is it Tracy Hackler? I didn't see Tracy Hackler a few weeks ago, but I did see Tim and David Porter Usually and Joe White's there. there. So I'm saying, but Chris Carlin is the face of, of Upper Deck. Deck. Grant's not going to these shows. He was going traditionally to the Expo in Toronto. Yeah. But at any rate, so I'm just saying, when you see a person that you recognize and you identify them with that company, then you say, oh, that's nice. Okay, I can interact with them. And so th I think that's happening. But who's the person for tops? I don't think it's Clay. I really don't think it's Emily. So who's the person for tops? Maybe that's a problem. Because Sue's, yeah. it used to be Sue's, I think. It was. And because Sue's was uniquely qualified, not only from what she said on social media, but how she said it. She had spent time editing material at Beckett. She was a collector herself with a big Derek Jeter collector. She knew social media. Emily knows a lot of that stuff, but she didn't have the same life experience. But, but to expect Emily to go to every card show representing tops might be unreasonable. Right. But she would get a benefit from it. Great point, Rich, to be a uh, face of uh, a company, whoever they may be, right? knowledge and experience are definitely right there need to be at the top of the resume but i think it's thick skin too because you're going to get things from people that are, are not very uh, nice they're not going to use tack some people might use tack and then other people are just going to throw tack out the window you got to be thick skin i'm not saying you don't care about it but you sort of got to roll with the punches and not let it bring you down or where you can't uh, function or, or do your job so everyone thinks it's fun to be that sort of person out front of a company it's not all fun and games you're going to deal with some stuff uh, that's not as much fun we got to keep that in uh, on a business level that's why the average term of a ceo has really decreased in recent years because now they're expected to be 
the face of the company mm-hmm. with very few exceptions. It, yes, you make a lot of money, but it's a very tough job being the CEO and the face of a company because you're the one t- talking to everybody. You're the one that ends up on CNBC and uh, Fox Business and all the other business networks. You're the one quoted in the papers. You're the one who basically the world is on your shoulder. The man in the house of cards.